Windows rolls back while Xbox pushes ahead. Happy Friday, friends! It has been—it's been a week. It's been a week with the the eye thing. Well, this this eye is getting better. It's it's really getting better. So we're on the road to recovery. Hopefully, your week was a good one. And uh, let's just dive into the news. There's a lot of password-related news this week because it was a—I a, think it was like World Password Day or, or something along those lines. But good stuff on the on the Windows side. Uh, Xbox is doing some interesting stuff. So. Here we go. Uh, Apple, Google, and Microsoft are holding strong here. Actually, they're they're confirming that they're going to continue to work together on passwordless logins. Uh, many, many years ago, it was determined that passwords are actually kind of a weak way to authenticate yourself. And so they're working on various ways, and they're going to be doing it together, holding hands, making sure that everybody works together in a nice way. It's, it's really just a good thing uh, for the industry as a whole, because then it just moves us all kind of forward and makes hopefully your life a little bit more secure and hopefully keeps your data a little bit tighter. Speaking of passwords, Microsoft is deprecating basic auth and exchange online in October. So if you are, uh, if you're doing, if you're doing basic login and that made sense to you, you're really going to need to look over to the, the, the more secure login, more specifically 2FA everything is, is probably just a good way of life, especially on an exchange server or exchange in general, which is really core to a lot of what Windows does. If you're not using 2FA, I don't really know what you're doing. Uh, speaking of not knowing what you're doing, if you don't want to know what you're doing when you're driving in a car, you could slap a HoloLens on your head. Okay, that, that was a weird transition. But Microsoft and the Volkswagen Group have created, quote-unquote, a moving platform. So the best way I can describe this for dear audio listeners is... If you're familiar with how a HUD would work in a car, where you have that little screen in front of you, and you can make sometimes you can see your like where your turn by turn directions, uh, your speed, and all that stuff. Now imagine that experience moving with you as you turn your head. So maybe you see it out of the driver's side glass or the passenger side glass. That is the the scenario that Microsoft and Volkswagen are working on here with Hololens too. And so it's an interesting concept to see if this would plan out. Like we actually see this stuff in like fighter jets, where pilots you know they have the heads up display strapped to their head in their helmet and be able to turn around and look like that. And so that is a, a sort of a terrible description of what they are working towards. Interesting idea. I think strapping something on your head before getting in the car is going to be a little bit cumbersome considering some people don't even like wearing seatbelts, let alone putting a whole thing on their head. But we'll see We'll see where this ends up. Uh, you know, you don't want to shoot it in the foot before they even get out the door because if they can truly do it potentially just in the glass, now that would be super interesting. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, Windows build, there's a new build of Windows that is rolling out. It came out yesterday. Now, this is a new build, but it's actually a regression in some in some stuff that Microsoft had included. So, in a previous release, I want to say it was a couple months ago, Microsoft included, for lack of a better term, I believe there's XAML Islands. Basically, the system tray got updated to do some new fancy stuff, and this is not working out so well. And so, Microsoft is actually rolling back the system tray update that it pushed out to go back to the same system tray that originally released with Windows 11. So, if you're a a Windows 11 um, release channel only person, and when the next version comes out, you're not probably going to notice anything different. Now, the people who were living in the inside world or the insider bits will notice that, hey, things have popped in and out of the system tray, and it's just going to go back to the way it was. So, um, yeah, I fully expect that Microsoft will include a system tray, this system tray update 
eventually. They put a lot of work into this, and, and especially working at Stardock, we have a lot of ideas about what they were trying to do and where they were headed and, and some things we were working on. I can tell you this. Working in the system tray is very complicated. It's very complicated to do. It's not something that's easy because of how the system, the Windows itself, ties into the system tray and all the variables and things that can happen in the system tray. It's a laundry list of things you got to take into consideration, and it's difficult. And so it's not surprising to me that they they were just going to punt this and wait a little bit because it's it's a bit tricky. That being said, I do fully expect at some point Microsoft will put this back in. I just don't think uh, Sun Valley 2 is where we will see it materialize uh, to the end user. So, uh, Microsoft also this week, they are open sourcing 3D Movie Maker from 1995. So, way back when there was a, a 3D Movie Maker in Windows, and, and Microsoft owned this. It's called Windows 3D Movie Maker. And they've open sourced it. So kind of a neat thing here, especially if you ever used that application way back in the day. And so now it has been officially open sourced and ending on a, uh, at least the tech news site on more password stuff. Uh, GitHub will require 2FA by the end of 2023. I told you there was a lot of password related stuff this week. And so that is that. On to the gaming news, because there's, there's quite a bit of this. There's quite a bit of this, too. Uh, so, interestingly enough, the FTC has opened a probe into Sony's $3.6 billion Bungie gaming acquisition. Again, this shouldn't be a big surprise. Now, this is not quite on the same scale, at least $3.6 billion versus like nearly $70 billion dues for what Microsoft and Activision are doing. That being said, there's so much consolidation in the gaming industry that I think any sort of gaming acquisition is going to be looked at through a little bit more scrutiny because everything is condensing at a very rapid pace, it seems like, a very rapid pace. So it's not all that surprising that the FTC just wants to poke their peepers over into what is happening with Bungie and Sony. So, uh, more interesting, and this is probably the most interesting news of the week, in my opinion, is Fortnite is back on iOS for completely free. For completely free. Microsoft and Epic have worked together to bring Fortnite to iOS through Microsoft's cloud gaming, but you remember, you don't, you, for this specific game, at least as of right now, you don't, you just need a Microsoft account to make it work. And so I'm guessing there were some backdoor conversations about making this happen, but this is a very interesting thing for multiple reasons, multiple reasons. One, it's a huge win for Microsoft. First off, Fortnite is probably one of the most popular games on the planet. I, I don't know if it's still the most popular, but whatever, it's up there with Minecraft. It's really, really popular with the, with the kids. It's really popular. So from Microsoft's perspective, it's like, hey, we're getting a whole bunch of people looking at Xbox Cloud Gaming, and they're doing it because we're awesome. And like they're, they're just getting a lot of good PR from this. On the Epic side, we all know what's happened on the Epic side. I think I think they gambled and lost here, personally. Now, I don't disagree with what Epic's stance was about the Apple App Store and their fees and their charging and all that, but I think that they didn't expect this to be drug out so long, and they're feeling the pain of not being allowed on iOS. And so they've worked with Microsoft to make this happen through this sort of circumventing of the App Store. So Epic is now back on iOS, but I think we can all agree not running natively is not nearly as good as cloud gaming. But either way, cloud gaming is better than no gaming on Fortnite. So at least now they have a conversation and say, look, Fortnite is on iOS. You got to go through this. Microsoft's over there championing like, yes, our technology is being used for something sweet. And here we are uh, doing all that. So it's sort of a win-win for everybody except maybe Apple. And that's sort of the point. But this sort of, and, and now I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to pretend that I am. 
but this also sort of feels like it circumvents <laughs> Epic's own court case here just a little bit because they kept saying like, hey, Apple's the gatekeeper and then look, now they're using Microsoft stuff and they're kind of backdooring themselves into being available on iOS. Either way, really interesting stuff. It's a win for cloud gaming and it's a good, it's a good PR win for Microsoft. So uh, keep your peepers on that one, I think. Also, uh, with the new build of Windows 11 that was announced uh, this week, there's also a new gaming feature coming to Windows. So it's called the controller bar. Now, what this is, and, and I'll dive into it a little bit here more in a second, is you press the Xbox button on your controller when it's paired to your Windows PC and it pops up this little bar, there's a little, little bar, little guy, and it shows your last three games that you've played and you can quickly launch into them through this little mechanism. Now, what's really interesting to me about this is this makes using a, putting a high power PC underneath your TV in your, in your living room a heck of a lot easier to use just to pick up a controller and go and game. Now, it's not been like super cumbersome up to this point, but now the fact is you can put a home theater PC underneath your TV, you just sit down on the couch, you press the Xbox button and you pull up the, you pulled up the little controller bar and you can quickly jump into your games. Just makes things a little bit easier. I'm, this is pretty cool. I, I like this. They've done a lot of stuff with Windows Key G, that, that gaming interface that you can overlay on Windows. And this is a next sort of uh, step for that sort of thing. I think it's I think it's pretty neat. So that's a it's a little neat little feature. Uh, Halo Infinite Season 2 has also launched this week. I've played it a bit and it's fine. Um, it, you know, the new maps feel pretty well balanced. I like the Lone Wolf. Uh, last what is it? Lone, it's Lone Wolves is the name of the season, but uh, Last Spartan Standing. Played that quite a bit because I'm dying for like a Halo Royale. And it, I will tell you, it's not quite what I wanted. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a... I don't want to say half-assed version of a Halo Royale, but it kind of feels that way because it's there's not enough people, the ring doesn't close fast enough, you get multiple lives, you level up. It's got a little bit of Halo flair to it. I've been playing it quite a bit. It's not bad. It, it scratches the itch a little bit, but I'm still waiting for that massive like 50-person Halo Royale that we all kind of want, and 343 has yet to even acknowledge that they should deliver. So... Either way, it is out now. The biggest challenge for this season is going to be the same challenge for last season, and it's that it's it's the duration, right? Five, six months of this content is going to be rough, I think is the only way to describe it. It's a three-month content pack at best, and they're doing it for six months, and, and that's all you need to know. Uh, Microsoft also launched your Deep Pink Wireless Controller. If, if you've wanted a Deep Pink Wireless Controller, you can now do so uh, directly from Microsoft. You don't have to go through their design lab uh, anymore. Uh, Windows 11 also reached 19% market share on Steam, which is actually, I think, pretty darn good. Given that I am fully in the camp that Windows 11 adoption is much, much, much slower than Windows 10 based on the, the TPM requirements, just based on a bunch of things. Uh, 20%... I think is is actually a pretty pretty substantial. Now, granted, I would argue too that Steam users are probably a little bit more on the bleeding edge than say your mom and pop shops at the end of the day, but either way. And then finally, uh, Xbox is also rolling out their May update. It focuses, uh, this is an interesting feature on quality of service tagging. So what this feature allows you to do is to, if you turn this on, it will then prioritize latency sensitive things, primarily like uh, speech and party chat and streaming and multiplayer. So that is great. I believe this is more tied into your network configuration of the box and, and that sort of thing, which is great. Uh, but I also wonder why it's just sort of not on by default. You would definitely want streaming, party chat, and all that stuff to have priority over everything else anyways. But either way, uh, you can go flick that switch on and, and see if it improves any of your experience. Uh, 
So uh, let's dive into the questions of the week, as I say every week, they are the f my favorite part. And so uh, let's just dive in here. Mattelbear says, hi Brad, two questions uh, this week. With the advance and ambition behind Xbox Cloud Gaming, do you think that this will prompt any further push from Google, Amazon, and NVIDIA with the respective cloud gaming services out to the main stream? This is a very... It, it, concise point here. Fortnite, I would argue, and it seems like Metal Bear, uh, tends to agree that Fortnite is the mainstream. Like, it's not niche. Like, this is a mainstream audience. And so, would this be a further push from Google, Amazon, or NVIDIA? Well, let's dial it back here. I can almost guarantee that Epic went to Google, Amazon, and NVIDIA, at least casually looked at what they were offering to see, like, hey, who can give us the best partnership here to bring us back onto iOS? And they chose Microsoft. Now, I don't think there was any money exchanging hands behind the scenes that would, I can't rule that out because I don't know. Um, but either way, they chose Microsoft for a very specific reason. And I think it's because they thought they had the best platform. Will this push Google, Amazon, or Envy? I think we can rule out Google. Uh, I, I think we can push that aside because Google's new push from what we know is not to use Stadia for this, but to use your use the Stadia technology to build your own service. And it doesn't sound like Epic was willing or wanting to do that yet. Amazon with Luna, I, I don't really know what's going on there. It just kind of feels like it's just floating out in, in cyberspace. And then NVIDIA was probably, in my opinion, the closest who could have done something like this. And for whatever reason, they just they chose Microsoft at the end of the day. Maybe because of the Azure backend or something along those lines. But I think at the end of the day, the, the GeForce now or the NVIDIA service um, is more than likely the, the best competitor in this space. So you know, that was a long way uh, to get to that point. Uh, tangentially, he says, with the focus on Game Pass and cloud gaming, how do you foresee Xbox in supporting retail physical releases in the long term? I think the proof is already in the pudding that retail physical games are going away. How, why do I believe this? Well, look at the Xbox uh, Series S. There's no disk drive. We had the the uh, Xbox One S back in the day that did not have a disk drive. Is the all digital edition. That is the future. Re regardless if you want to it, believe it or not, the, the physical retail game is just a model that is going away. And the model that Microsoft truly wants is the Game Pass model, which there's no physical disc involved there at all in any way. And so uh, that is where that is where we're headed. It, so I think I, part there's a caveat in my brain that says I always think they will sell like these limited or collector's edition items because those are good margin things for these companies and they love to put out those high-end $120 SKUs of your favorite game and come with little figurines. I think those will continue to exist, but your baseline uh, $60 or $70 game that just comes in a retail packaging, it's not going away anytime soon, but I think long-term it eventually will, just like, just like any software. I mean, when was the last time you bought music on a CD? Just think of it that way. Uh, Sydney2K says, you'll probably mention the purchase of the majority of Western Studios. I actually, I did not. Owned by Square Enix, uh, by the Embracer Group, for a mere 30 million mini-fridge units. That is uh, exactly right. That is, thank you for doing that conversion for me. I'm interested in what you think what would have been Microsoft's reaction or must have been. So, okay, so Square Enix, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong as I traditionally do. Anyways, they, they basically chopped off their Western studios and just yeeted them out into the marketplace and sold them off for 30 million mini-fridge units. It was like 300 million US dollar dues, something like that. 
I can almost guarantee you, and I'm actually pretty sure that they actually talked to Microsoft and said, hey, are you interested? Now, somebody's going to say like, wow, Microsoft had a chance to buy this and they didn't. First off, Microsoft can't just go out and buy every single thing they want. First off, it's got to make sense to their portfolio. Two, they're trying to do the largest gaming acquisition ever. And three, it just, it, there's got to be, it's got to be the right time, right place, right company, right IP. And this just may not have been the right thing. Microsoft is, is vacuuming up a lot of IP and especially through the Activision stuff. But they have to maintain that the market still exists. If it comes down to a battle of just everybody buying everything up, that actually works against Microsoft's narrative to buy Activision. They're part of their narrative is like, hey, EA exists out in there. Uh, Rockstar exists out there. Bungie did. right. The market is still ripe and plentiful. And by you know taking more IP off the table, that actually works against them. And so I don't think Microsoft missed an opportunity here. I know people are going to say, well, they would have had X, Y, and Z brands at the end of the day. But at the same time, Microsoft has a lot of titles already under its portfolio that it needs to maximize before it just keeps adding on. Adding more and more headcount to the gaming org is not a necessarily a formula for success. Kicking out quality games time and time again is. And so um, I don't think Microsoft missed out here. Now, the Embracer Group has been buying up a lot of IPs and sort of doing the, the thing that Microsoft was talking about, not talking about, or sort of hinting at doing when it snapped it up all these studios lately. And so it's just a consolidation of the industry continues. And uh, Microsoft's got to be careful. They really want that Activision. <laughs> they really want the Activision acquisition to go through. That would be a huge win for them. And they're not going to taint that by trying to snatch up some smaller studios um, along the way. Confused Geek says, did you call your mother? Not yet. So uh, I do this every year. There's always these these tweets that go out and say, top 10 things your mom wants from Mother's Day. Well, the top 10 things your mom wants from Mother's Day is for you to call her or show up or go see her. So Mother's Day has not happened. That is on Sunday, but I will. Uh, Rambone says, hi, Brad. Hope your eye is recovering well. Three questions this week. Uh, what have you been watching recently? Actually, my wife and I just started watching. It's on Hulu. It's the Theranos documentary drama series thing. Uh, so that is what we've just started. Also in June, I'm looking forward to For All Mankind will be coming back. And so be watching that. Uh, what podcast do you listen to? So I don't listen to any tech-related podcasts. I do listen to some golf-related podcasts. So David Faraday uh, has a pretty good one. But it's nothing like what Paul and I do uh, with First Ring Daily. And number three, how is Tesla and the Tesla ownership? I love my Model Y. It is not perfect. I do not <laughs> I do not put Elon Musk on a pedestal. I, I just really like the car, and I'm a believer in electric vehicles. I am not loyal to any brand, really, at the end of the day. Just at the time, uh, buying a Model Y made the most sense, and so I quite like it. Abernacker says, do you have any information on whether Sony or Microsoft were interested in Crystal Dynamics, Eidos acquisition? If they were, why did Embracer end up getting them for such a low price? So it's, everybody believes that that 300 million was a low price. I can guarantee that it was probably done through some diligence about the IP value, their games, the cash flow coming in. And so 300 million is not low. It really just kind of depends on what they have in the pipeline, which we don't quite know about. I can almost guarantee, like I said previously, that Sony and Microsoft were approached because, hey, they are the biggest players in the industry. Why wouldn't you go up to them and say like, hey, do you want to buy this? And they probably looked at it and said, we'll do a little diligence and no, we're going to pass. Or Embracer just put up the most amount of money at the end of the day. Microsoft, uh, this is speculating or Sony for that matter could have been like, we'll give you 250. Well, they'll take 300 instead. So there you go. 
Uh, Mr. PKI says, Brad, what do you think of Halo Infinite Season 2? At first, it seems cool with the new maps and new modes, but I found myself getting bored quickly. How are you faring in Season 2? So primarily, I've just played the last Spartan Standing, and that's probably what I'll play until, well, I don't know, the, the new big team battle modes on the newer maps are pretty good. But again, I think it, it, this is, at best, three months content, and so I don't... I think Halo is going to continue to struggle until this fall at best, until this fall at best, when they get Forge out. Forge is going to be the thing that is going to drive a lot of energy into Halo, and they know that. And so I I believe that Halo Infinite is going to continue like on sort of on its normal or continued trajectory until that comes out or until they start dropping content at a much more regular, regular and frequent basis because six-month windows are, are a long time in the Halo world. Uh, and then Will Will continues on. He says, "Do you think there should be have been? Uh, do you think there should have been a change in having three four three doing all things Halo? Maybe split it up and have other teams or studios involved." So I think it's very fair to be critical of three four three in that the launch has not gone as well as Microsoft would hope for the money invested and the year delay. I, I think that is a very fair and accurate statement. People keep saying they should rip Halo Infinite away from 343. Let me let me tell you that is that is a non-starter of a conversation. If you you can't just pick up a title like 343 and walk over to a different studio and be like, here, build this game because it would take them a year at minimum just to get up to speed on like how the engine works, where all the assets live, pushing things. So realistically, the thing that needs to change, in my opinion, is that leadership needs to be shuffled up, and that they need to get something needs to change because i mean you look at master chief collection you look at halo infinite um you could toss halo 5 in there too i think and none of them have gone spectacularly specular uh, none of them have gone all that well i think is is probably the best way to describe it and that's being pretty generous and so here we are with halo infinite looking at another six month window which if you do the math which isn't hard i know everyone hearing you you have a six month window for the first one and a six month for the second one there's like a delay in a lot of stuff for a year Again, from launch, sure, you got the campaign that was mostly done and you had multiplayer that was partially done, but we're all expecting now Forge and some things happening in Season 3 to really kind of bring Halo Infinite to its completion cycle, at least what we would consider a V1, and it really did get delayed a year for hundreds of millions of dollars. Something just doesn't feel quite right there. And so, uh, Mr. PKI says, here is a fun ending question of the week. How many years ago, oh, jeez. Years ago, Spencer, many, okay, historically, many years ago, Spencer F. Cat uh, was the best source of insider information. Now the best source of information is Walking Cat. Do you think they are related? I have no idea. The, the, uh, if you're not familiar with Walking Cat, he's a, a personality on Twitter and has sleuthed very deep inside the world of Microsoft and pulls out some very interesting tidbits about what is or is not happening. And he, Mr. PK is wondering if uh, the cat... Spencer Cat is related. We don't know. It is a, a coincidence that they both are cat figures, but the identity of Mr. or Mrs. Walking Cat remains a mystery. So, uh, there you go, guys. I stumbled over a couple of those questions trying to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> enunciate i'll blame it on the black guy either way uh next week will be interesting there should be a podcast but it will be delayed because i will be traveling on friday so just you know fyi about that happening 
Either way, hopefully you had a wonderful week. Keep your eyes on the Fortnite uh, on the Xbox uh, cloud streaming. That's something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on to see how well or well it does it well or well not does perform. There we go. Perfect ending, screwing up my own tongue. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.